This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. 8.36 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokdar with Wong Xiaoning and Philip C. Now in half an hour, we have the opening bell where we check out how Bursa Malaysia begins the trading day. But let's first look at government regulations on the on the way to uphold standards in journalism. So this week, the Communications Ministry launched a new code of ethics for journalists to replace the old code set in 1989. According to the Minister Fami Fadil, this revision accounts for the advent of social media and online misinformation. The new code outlines eight key ethics, including the consideration of public interest and understanding the laws and acts that govern journalism. Reactions have been mixed, with some praising it as timely, while others raised red flags in the code, such as granting Jabadan Penerangan or Japan control over the issue of journalist media cards, which allow them to cover government events. Some have consequently called to expedite the formation of the Malaysian Media Council to oversee this code. So how can journalism stand be upheld along media, alongside excuse me, media freedoms? And what role does the government have, if at all, in regulating media? For some insights, we have on the line with us a Dr. Benjamin Lowe, Senior Lecturer at the School of Media and Communication of Taylor's University. Uh, ben, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. So, I mean, I'm thinking in principle, we do want more ethical journalism. So having a code of ethics is technically a good thing. Does this new code of ethics actually improve on the 1980s? 89 version. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, yes, I would say that it does indeed improve on a document that came out more than 20 years ago, of course. So one of the few things, uh, of the few things that I would consider to be good updates to it would be the fact that uh, there is a provision in the code that indicates that journalists should be a voice for diversity. I think that's a very, very good addition. Mm. Uh, they should also uh, reject gifts, bribes and uh, as part of uh, you know personal interest, but oddly enough, there is no discussion about conflicts of interest. Uh, there are also some good provisions about the privacy and protection of sources, uh, but of and of course uh, giving credit to sources of information. And lastly, one of the good things also is that it's keeping up to date with technologies and laws, which is again a very weird thing to add into a code of ethics because that's often quite uh, innate in in it in its entirety as well. Could the code pave the way for certain regulations in the future? Uh, I mean, yes. The whole point of a code of ethics is that it's a mutually agreed upon uh, set of guidelines and rules in which sort of like journalists can conduct themselves. Uh, but, you know, as you mentioned just now, as uh, that the minister has sort of indicated that this was supposed to ad- address social media, which it kind of does. But for the most part, there's still a lot of missing aspects about it that I think make this uh, set of codes kind of limited in contrast to other uh, competing codes of uh, uh, ethics by other organizations such as, you know, the Society of Professional Journalists and of course the uh, International Federation of Journalists. So one of the few things that are missing, of course, is the fact that, you know, contrary to what he says about addressing social media, it actually doesn't because uh, one key component to address social media is that there should be a, a code, uh, sorry, a topic that actually looks at the issue of speed and expediency as an excuse to rush a story, which is the main uh, issue now that is uh, related to social media. Mm. Um, There's also no issues about content guidelines, such as, you know, the need to provide context, important information related to certain events. Uh, And also there is, for my perspective, 
there is too much leeway that is being given for the use of anonymous sources. Uh, most contemporary code of ethics of only allow the use of anonymous sources under very specific and intense situation. And fundamentally for the Malaysian situation, it just fundamentally does not address the elephant in the room, which is the issues of political interference and ownership in uh, media outlets. Benjamin, was there any discussion with stakeholders like yourselves or before the introduction of this new code of conduct? Code of ethics, um, excuse me, sorry. Okay. Uh, pers personally, I was not involved in any of this. Um, the only time I heard about it was when the announcement was made uh, on Monday before it was launched. But I did... Uh, I did speak to others who were involved as well, those from other like CSOs, and they did indicate that the that they also only were given uh, very, very short notice to review the document. And this is actually another major uh, problematic point as well, that uh, uh, the minister has had indicated that they had reached out to various uh, civil society organizations and media outlets to give their input. But unfortunately, and this is a very common problem in Malaysian uh, politic uh, amongst policymakers that just because you in, you mentioned that you uh, reached out to people to get their feedback, but if you do not provide any means of indicating how that feedback was incorporated or used to inform that last document, then there is no transparency behind how they're actually going about this discussion. Because yes, you may reach out to these people, but they could have given you a whole list of changes that are necessary, but you can just easily ignore everything that they said. Because mm. if you don't uh, go into those details, then nobody really will know. So um, as I said in my uh, Twitter or my extract, basically, uh, just because you mentioned that you solicited this feedback, but you don't provide any uh, form of accountability, it is not a get out of jail free card. Mm. Ben, what are the other what are the other problems that stem from this code of ethics coming from a government body? Because I take it that it's a not the norm for, or is it the norm for a government body to come up with a code of ethics for an entire sector? Um, well, so it I think that in regards to the fact that this is for journalists, most code of ethics often are formulated by journalist organizations or uh, bodies that represent journalists themselves. And in a lot of cases, these often have to be independent of government, you know, because the whole point of uh, journalists essentially is that you, uh, in order for them to function as the what we call the fourth power to sort of like challenge that of the government, they have to be free from government control mm. uh, in order to sort of like do that job properly as well. So naturally, the code of ethics needs to be uh, done by journalists and meant to sort of like cover journalists as well. So for me, uh, I mean, that's a very antiquated view even now at this point, because right now, even uh, the ways in which journalists operate shouldn't just be that they self-regulate, but it should also have incorporate an aspect of the public interest to ensure that uh, the rights of the people that it's supposed to represent are actually adequately protected. Mm. I mean, so much talk about this planned media council. Is that the right vehicle then to uphold and ensure these code of ethics are in place? Uh, yes, I mean, I've spoken a lot in the last couple of years about the media council, and I think it is definitely the way forward, And it, which is why this announcement of this uh, sort of like supposed update to this old code of ethics uh, came as quite a bit of a surprise because, you know, um, the media council has sort of like been um, being prepared, has been like discussed for uh, since the last administration, essentially. And to also hear that in the same week that they are finally going to table the 
uh, media council in the next uh, parliamentary sitting in June, essentially, uh, sort of like brings in this idea about why exactly are they bringing in this code of ethics right now and also highlighting that they are using this as the basis for uh, giving out media passes, which again, uh, mm. is a very strong form of state control towards the media that's being presented here. Yeah, so can we talk about these journalist media cards? Because I understand that, okay, firstly, it's issued by the government and you need it to attend government events, but the withdrawal of it uh, this in which the government can actually take it away from you is, is rather opaque or arbitrary. Would you say that's fair? Uh, I mean, it yes, it definitely is very opaque. And, and that's why using a loose set of uh, guidelines, well, like a code of ethics, mm. as the regulatory basis to sort of like give out something like a media pass is actually very problematic. Because in most cases, um, when a set of guidelines is off, if they are not enforceable uh, in any way, shape or form, is usually quite uh, good. And that's where code of ethics of journalists often function in that way. So if you are going to enforce things, you. Uh, uh, you want to enforce this code of ethics, then there actually needs to be more specifics. It needs to be more clearer. And if you look at the document that's actually released uh, by the government this week, a lot of the provisions, while they are updated, are still worded very, very vaguely. It's very, very generic and leaves a lot of room for interpretation, which therefore means that uh, the government can often use that as, the, as a very uh, convenient way to shut down uh, voices from the media that it views to be unfavorable to its own position. Ben, can I ask how do other countries um, issue these press cards if it's not from a government body? Are there examples from uh, other countries where the uh, press environment is a lot more free? How how are those types of uh, credentials uh, administered? Um, this is a very tricky question because, you know, you have countries like America that don't even have that uh, system in place at all. Or you've got other countries that sort of like uh, have a very, very strict definition of what organizations can be considered to be news. It's often done in a very transparent manner. So it's very clear that, okay, this you if you have there are certain criteria that the government can set. And again, this is uh, often done with the intent of being of allowing um, media to differentiate themselves from uh, sort of like more informal media sources such as bloggers and whatnot. Mm. And even so, um, the way that this um, sort of like passes are created or rather these definitions of media are created is not to prevent their access towards sort of like government functions, which is the main goal behind these so-called media passes in Malaysia, but really more as a way to sort of like indicate that, okay, we recognize that you are functioning as the media, will not deny you access, but mm -hmm. uh, there are other ways in which the government can support it, such as providing subsidies or to uh, sort of like um, show that the government is supporting an independent news uh, perspective. Ben, thank you very much for speaking to us. That was Dr. Benjamin Lowe, Senior Lecturer at the School of Media and Communication of Taylor's University, uh, breaking down for us the new code of ethics for journalists in Malaysia and what the implications of this are, where the weaknesses uh, remain, and, and really asking about the question of the Malaysian Media Council as well and the kind of mixed signals that the mm. government is sending on, on these initiatives. Yeah, I think the mixed signal is very clear in the cadence, right? Why do the Code of Ethics when the Media Council is only coming through next year? Interesting, interesting <laughs> points. I think this will continue to be discussed. 8.47 in the morning. We're going to head into some messages. But when we come back, we will be looking at uh, Indonesia and also TikTok. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.